Yeah. Coming through, signals clear. Oh yeah, it's Jill Cash Talk. It's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you are at work, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope you enjoy this show about the great sport of geocaching. If you are watching live on YouTube, you can be part of the adventure tonight in the chat room and participate with others as they watch the show. If you are listening later, please give it a like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so that you can get all of the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to Joshua, the geocaching vlogger, for our new opening, and our featured patrons, Gas Station Tuna, Sue's Mom, Runner Casher, The Truck, Jay Schulz, Little Miss Sunshine, Just Finding Our Way, Whiskey, AWOL, Sackishness, and our new patrons, OLB1992, CP590, Swifty Golden, the Pizza Ninja Geocache. Noob. So we'll call her Noob for <laughs> the sake of this. DMN Rec. Widget Brittle, which is genius, by the way, if you know her real name. And Action Trinity, who will be with us next week on the show. If you'd like mm-hmm. to become a patron, click on the Become a Patron link. It's the heart on the front page of the geocache talk website, or you can head over to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get the now famous blackout coin. I actually brought mine back out. Tonight. Wow. You brought yours back in. Huh? I did. Okay. I brought it inside. Um, other geocaching items during the year, as well as bonus content. We got a lot of bonus content of late, which is great. For our patrons, invites to special events only for patrons. Support levels start at as little as bison tube level. That's just $3, $3 a month. That's it. Very small amount. Let's jump right into show 234. I like that one, 234. Well, as before we, we jump in, we got to mention tomorrow night's the book club. You're yeah, talking book about club patrons, tomorrow night. So we have our That's book club tomorrow night, patrons. So don't forget, those- if you haven't read... Stay up really late tonight because we got to <laughs> discuss it tomorrow. Yeah. Night, so. and get re- get yeah, or yeah, yeah. get to reading, or or just show up and we'll just talk about other stuff. It'll be okay, no problem. There you go, perfect. Show two three four is a welcome to the show. GeoAware, Mr. Gary Lewis. Gary, thanks for being on the show tonight. Thanks for having me, fellas. Absolutely, we love the topic. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. And so we're going to get right into it. But first, uh, we got just a tiny bit of news, and then we'll get started. So here's the tiny bit of news. I wanted to mention tonight about uh, something going on for the month of February. Um, IB Geocaching is providing some very cool um, uh, discounts for this month. So um, they're providing um, 30% off during the month of February. So he, um, Pete, our buddy over at IB Geocaching Supplies wrote, uh, how about if people place an order 
for plastic nano containers, custom buttons, or any of their of his non-trackable buttons, button sets during the month of February, and they get 30% discount. Uh, when you uh, when it gets invoiced to you, it'll be uh, 30% off. So um, go check out ibgeocaching.com uh, for that. And um, 30% off is huge, but don't they have to mention something to get that? Yes, thank okay. you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Mention CashCon when you do your order. Mention CashCon, which was huge. Um, Gary got to be part of the cash con as well, yes. which we really thank you for that. Um, that was a big, that was a big hour, by the way, when you were on, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll mention that a little bit anyway. Yeah, lots of good comments on that hour. Yeah. A lot of great comments, but, uh, yeah, mention cash con, get 30% off, uh, ibgeocaching.com. And then Jesse, another item in there. You want to mention the other news item? The locationless cash. Yes. Uh, uh, it's all fake. It's fake news. It's not fake real. News. Yeah, no, it's not real. Not. Don't even look for it. No, it's not um, real. Yeah, I, I like that they're using the locationless caches. They're reserving those GC eight, like neat, like they did, and the other one was GC eight. Yeah, what was the other one frog? I think. Yeah, GC eight frog. Yeah, that's great. The custom, the custom GC codes. Uh, but let's improve the outdoors. The locationless cache uh, for basically a virtual cedo. You can cedo anywhere. It just started on February sixth, I believe. Send in yeah. pictures, tell them where in the world you did it, write a good story. Um, during this environment, you know, the pandemic, I think that's the best thing they possibly could have come up with because, you know, we do a lot of CEDOs per year. We work with the local schools and do CEDOs and, and host them all over the place. And we can't do that right now. So yep. um, I, I'm loving that they're keeping the CEDOs going. That's, we need like 10 CEDOs for every bomb scare we cause. So <laughs> we got to make sure true. we have a lot of CEDOs out there. Um, but this one's virtual. If you're watching this or following this at all, it's hugely popular. Tons of people are sending their information in on this one and, and logging this one. So now the interesting thing is the last time I checked on there, it had like 900 favorite points or something crazy, right? R crazy. But it was only like 23% of premium members favored that. How do you not favorite a virtual CEDO? Right. Exactly. Who's like, eh, they could have done better. Really? It's your <laughs> effort. You did it. it was your, you could have done anything you wanted to do. You could have like re-roofed uh, orphanage if you wanted to, and uh, yeah, that's for another show. I that know that's for another show, but that is for it another burns show. me off when I see something that cool and people don't favorite it. I, I know it's their own favorite points and do whatever they want, <laughs> but come on, really? You get like a virtual CEDO and you're not going to favorite that. I, I don't yeah. get it. But what is what is wrong? That's beside the point. That doesn't matter. You can do what you want with your favorite points, but <laughs> come on, twenty three percent. Stop. Yeah, we'll we'll have to talk about that one. Okay, night. okay, I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. But I, it's a very cool thing. I, I hope they do it once a year. I really do. Oh, it'd be cool. Even yeah. when the world starts back again, anything that encourages people to get out and clean up, that doesn't cost anything. Go do that. So, uh, a couple quick notes, and we'll get right into it. Uh, okay. IBG Caching is on tonight, so if you have any questions for for Pete, he is on. Thanks, uh, Pete. We mentioned your thirty percent discount. If they mention CashCon, um, Darren's on. So there you go. We got the the Australians are here, Gary. Good. So we're excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's like what one o'clock there in Australia. What time is yeah. it in Australia? Yeah, something like that. Something. Like Monday or Tuesday. It's a big place. 
It is a big place. That's it's true. Awesome. Yeah, well, it depends on what time zone you're in. Obviously, you're right. Absolutely. Um, and yes, Direwolf, I did finish my path tag board, which is back here. So, uh, yep, I finished it. And um, I haven't stained it or anything else, but it is chock full of path tags, but that's for that's, that's a good way to keep them all in one place. Yeah. Oh, there we go. It's 12 noon in Brisbane. So, okay. Yeah. I'm, but like you can go straight South and you'll be, you'll be at 1 PM because that state <laughs> doesn't have daylight saving because it fades the curtains. So they don't have it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, isn't there, there a, isn't there a 32 in, in Australia? Maybe there, there is, there <laughs> is, but let, let, let's not talk about that one. It's, it's sort of like parts of Arizona, you know, like they sort of ignore everybody else's time zone and have their own. It's a, similar, yeah. it's a similar sort of thing. I believe a, a half hour time zone, or that's got. Oh yeah, Darren's is noon. All right, see, I guessed right. Okay, see, I'm on top of things. Yeah, okay. All right, well, let's get let's get right into it. Uh, so, to kind of get started, um, Gary, let's let's kind of set the way back machine a little bit, and let's talk oh. first. I uh, know, let's talk a little bit first about how you got interested in in geology i think let's start with that i think people are always interested to hear a little bit of the or, origin stories so what kind of got you interested what what was it that triggered your interest sure. in geology okay so so i'll try to keep the story sort of short but okay my my dad was a huge surfer oh, so wow. every weekend almost every weekend we would be going somewhere so the man and my brothers would be able to go surf and during the school holidays we always went to places uh, along the coastline that he could surf and I had absolutely no interest in surfing so as a young kid I found myself wandering around looking at the cliffs because right. if you're a surfer you know you know all the break best breaks are on the sort of the ends of the beaches not in the middle so um I spent a lot of time going and looking at the rocks and occasionally I'd find something cool like a fossil or what have you. Right. And I sort of got hooked. And at the same time, my grandfather was, was a, a mad goal panner. And um, once a year he would drag me and we would go to the goal fields in New South Wales and we'd go goal panning. And oh, wow. I sort of, and I sort of got hooked in that, through through that so nobody in my family was really into geology sort of like but i got hooked because of my exposure because i wasn't interested in getting out on a surfboard and being eaten by a shark right that's awesome though you know yeah scott he's in the south australia it's 12 30 so we won't get into there you that. Go. thanks scott <laughs> we appreciate you being on tonight buddy uh or this or tomorrow more tomorrow afternoon sorry I, i'll get it all right it's monday <laughs> i always joke with the australians about it uh, being in the future they let me know if the future is any good, you know, so, right. but you know, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. And I have to mention cash Canada. They're huge earth cash fans, which I love. Oh, yeah. awesome. so we have a lot of, uh, a lot of fans, but you know, that is, that is fascinating. Um, you know, we really, really need to take our family to different places like this because, you know, I talk about in uh, the first book I wrote about my dad, um, we would 
you know, you stand, you sit out, you stand outside sometimes, and you're just sort of waiting around for people, you know, the brother to get his act together, and 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 uh, you know, so we can all go somewhere or whoever we're waiting on. And he would always take a few minutes wherever we were to kind of look around on the ground, and he loved to try to find clover, four leaf clovers, and um, so naturally. My dad, that's what my dad's doing. So I'm going to look too. So I'm, you know, we're looking through and trying to find one. And, you know, so there's, there's always times when I think we as, uh, we forget that what we do can sometimes be positively mimicked by our family. You know, Jesse, you know, and Christy are, are, you know, love to, to get out and geocache. And of course, they're, you know, the daughters have, picked up on on that and enjoy even if they don't necessarily always go geocaching i think jesse you can speak to this though that they love to get out and to to sort of i guess mimic that idea that the the outdoors is a place to be you know well it's it's very generational for us too i uh growing up my family absolutely took every opportunity they could for us to travel wherever we could um and that that was kind of new to my wife when she joined the family, their family didn't travel that much. We traveled. I just thought everybody traveled at every opportunity they got. Um, and I don't mean like Disney world. I mean like grand Canyon, you know, that was the kind of travel we did growing up. And then, so I, we did that with our family, both of our girls, one who's grown now and one who's about to enter high school. They too think it's normal and to go anywhere in the world and, and travel all over the place and, and be outdoors. And, you know, we, we asked them every year growing up, which is kind of funny that there are kids, but, Every year, you know, would you rather go to Disneyland or Disney World, whatever, or go on a cruise or go to this place, Hawaii or whatever? They have never picked Disney World or a theme park ever. Right. The, and now they're grown and, you know, they every time they would pick somewhere nature or somewhere, you know, like the beach or something like that over a crowded theme park somewhere. So that's not against Disney. So Disney don't shut us down. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> nature is good. And if you kind of teach them that early on, just like, you know, you kind of learn, you spend some time out there that definitely gets ingrained in you early on and the interest grows as I think that's, and we're talking to geocachers, right? Who love to travel and play outdoors anyway. So, but I think a lot of us have those origins like that. Yeah. I like uh, my kids, especially my younger kids. I have two older girls that live in Australia and they got, they got dragged around as kids and my younger kids, you know, if you live in Maine, you know, you, you're so close to Europe or Iceland you know, you right. jump on a plane and fly there. You're closer, you are closer to Iceland than you are to Los Angeles. So my kids have been there. Right. And um, so, and they've been like, my kids have seen more volcanoes than most people have had hot dinners. Right. So, so um, but, but they don't understand that. That's awesome. But I think they don't understand it as kids. But when they're adults, all of a sudden they say, oh my gosh, you know, I've seen all these places and I've met these people. Um, and I've been to places where the culture is different. Yes. And it's kind of give them a better appreciation that we're all humans on this globe heading in the one direction and get on with each other. That's Absolutely. my hope. No, you're you're exactly right. No, you we we are proponents of that for sure. Um, oh yeah. So well, and you realize that we are people that are here now. But if you want to get really into the big picture, you know, the geology and the earth was here long before we were. And guess what? It's going to be yep. here for a long time. <laughs> it certainly is. 
when, we're no, when we're no longer the dominant species, the Earth will still be here. We'll so. still be here. We're not the dominant species now. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> well, I'm not in my house, but I don't know the geology. <laughs> I know that I'm not in my house. <laughs> exactly. So let's take a couple minutes to talk about how this whole crazy thing started. Uh, so, Gary, what? Uh, and somebody asked earlier. Uh, and we probably want to point this out real quick in that um, I, I mentioned that you're geo aware, but yep. there's, there's a lot of geo awares, uh, geo aware HQ is sure. do all the earth cash reviewers use a geo aware type name? I do. Okay. So I, I, I have been geo aware before even geocaching started. Oh, okay. It was a handle that I used to do a whole pile of different things in different places. You know, like you're on – these are back in the days when the internet really just started and people had handles and, and chat rooms and things, and I was geo-aware. Makes sense, right? Geo and awareness, and it's the sort of thing I was into. Sure. So when, when we started geocaching um, and I started with my with my – older daughters we started geocaching geoware was the name i used and then right. later on when um when earth caching started and we decided um or groundspeak decided that they wanted to have a panel of reviewers rather than just one um we just took the geoware name and added um letters after it to identify that this was a team of people that all worked together to do the re reviewing so GeoAware HQ, GeoAware USA 1, 2, and 3, GeoAware UK and, and, and EU and so on. Cool. Um, all, all, around, all around the world, they're all GeoAwares. That's, that's awesome. So tell everybody, I know it'd be probably a long story, but take as much time as need to, but tell everybody the thought of or in the process of, hey, we could maybe – pitch this idea to HQ and, and how did the genesis of this whole thing kind of sure. Begin? Okay. So um, it was one of those like perfect storms, you know? So, so you had me as a geologist, but I, you know, I'm a geology educator. I, I spent my entire career wanting to teach people about um, geology and why it's important. And as we, move further and further on in time that layer of geology that most people think sort of like rocks and minerals how boring you know like it underpins so much stuff it underpins climate change it sure un it, it underpins um the use of fossil fuels and why we probably shouldn't be using them it underpins all of these things hazard right. mitigations and earthquakes and volcanoes and what have you so right. so i've got this passion to let people know that this stuff is important so there's so, so, so there's the driving passion sure um, I had started geocaching, and a few of the geocaches that I went to were in amazing geologic places, but they weren't there to teach me about anything about the geology. I was just finding a Tupperware container, right? Right. So to me, it was like, oh, here's an opportunity missed for people yes. to, gotcha. to learn about that. So, so that that that's where I came in. Right. At the same time, I was working at the Geological Society of America. I was the director of education and outreach there. And we were working with a program called Geocore, which put geologists 
out into public lands in the US. So they went and worked in national parks and in forest service land and in, in Bureau of Land Management, BLM land. Right. And and there was this whole discussion that came up, especially with the national parks, but also with those other agencies of geocaching and what geocaching was doing to them. And the doing to them is really important. There's two <laughs> things here that people people don't understand. The first thing is it is against the law to leave trash in a national park, in a forest, or on BLM land. Right. And what I mean against the law, you literally can can be fined for leaving right. trash. And they considered the leaving of containers as being trash because no sure. one was asking permission. They were going leaving in containers. Every now and then people thought they were bombs. You, you know the story, yeah. right? Sure. Um, so that was happening, and that was a real problem for them. And the the general feeling within the National Park Service at that time was that geocaching was a complete hindrance because they were leaving people were leaving containers behind, right? Right. The second thing that is really important, and it's the reason even today why earth caches, why we insist in earth caches that you get permission, is because there is this management by obscurity issue for lots of our public lands and in fact for private lands as well and what i mean by that is there are these amazing sites either geologic sites paleo sites <coughs> paleontological right. sites archaeological sites that are managed because no one knows they exist so huh. <coughs> excuse me let me take a swig of yeah. whiskey no go ahead that's uh you know that's interesting too because I think we forget where we are now today in that, and we'll talk about that as we go on, how things have kind of evolved in this kind of area. But you're right for, you know, we, we forget that there's uh, um, that part of it was not around yet. So, okay. Right. So what that meant was all of a sudden people had GPSs and they could go and tell their friends, hey, man, I found this cool fossil site. And that management by obscurity, if you didn't tell anybody where it was, nobody would know where it was. And if nobody knew where it was, it was protected. That sure. just fell by the wayside. Right. And geocaching was playing into that game because people would go and find a place and say, man, I found this place in a forest where there are all these garnets. And next thing you know, the next person to go there, there wasn't a garnet there at all because people are going <laughs> with buckets and they pick the place clean, right? Or right. arrowheads or oh, yeah. you name it. Geodes, mm -hmm. little geodes. Mm -hmm. geodes. Whatever, whatever happened to be, and not just geological things, you know? Yeah. No. People go and say, oh, look, we found this really cool place to get rock orchids. People just go in and strip it clean. And I'm not saying sure. this is just geocaching. I'm just saying just people in general. Right. So the national parks in particular said we need to manage that process. So we had a discussion as part of this other program, not related to geocaching at all. Why don't we go and to HQ and say, listen, why don't we all get together and talk about these issues of geocaching in public lands? Right. So we invited HQ people. And we had Jeremy and Elias, right? So two of the founding partners, yep, um, came down to um, 
came down to Boulder in Colorado where the Geological Society was and we all sat around a table with National Park, BLM and Forest Service folks and we just all drummed out what all the problems were. And at that time, um, uh, Jeremy in particular was saying, oh, my gosh, like we realise it's a problem, you know, that like it's a problem. We, we want to be able to cash in national parks. Right. But, but we understand that you guys won't allow that. Like how can we overcome that? And out of that meeting was born this concept, why don't we create a cache that didn't have a container? They sort of already existed, right? Because right. back in those days there were virtual caches. Mm -hmm. right. Let's create something that doesn't have a container, that is educational, that takes people to places where they'll learn something about the earth, and it was somewhat limited to that. Right. Um, and... Um, and that all of those will will be run by your people to give approval before they go live. Right. So the first guidelines were basically written in that meeting. Wow. And everybody walked away saying, this is going to be cool. And um, so the, the I, I was living in Australia at the time, but working in Colorado. So I flew home. Yeah. It was like winter time. Like you get the hell out of Colorado in winter and head <laughs> to Australia. It's summer. And I go on summer holidays to the place that my father always took us. Where, you know, I take my kids there on holidays and we go around to the headland and we set up EarthCash One. Oh, wow. So EarthCash One was, um, and in those days, they were just, there was just a traditional cache, but it had no container. Okay. But it was set up as a traditional cache and then headquarters converted it to this earth cache type. And it was set up on in January, January the 10th, 2004. It was set up. So my daughter and I set it up. And the guidelines then were, were take a photograph of something that right. was there. And, and that was pretty well all it was. Sure. So we set that one up. I flew back to Colorado. We set two more up. One um, on the – they're actually on the road to uh, – is it is it uh, Golden Gate National Park? I'm, I'm looking oh, at so Jesse here. Up, or, up yeah. the back of Golden, sort of up in that neck oh, of the Oh, Golden, Colorado? Yeah. yeah I've, um, been, I've been to it, so. Yeah, we set a couple up in there. I then flew back to Australia and set two more up. Um, in the nation's capital of Australia, Canberra, we set up yeah. a, a one at a place called Woolshed Creek and another place, uh, one that's called Bricks for the Capital. Um, we set those up and the deal was to just put them out there. People would see that they got a different icon. Right. Um, so, um, two of them were actually called EarthCash. So EarthCash 1 was called EarthCash. EarthCash 2 with the Woolshed Creek was called EarthCash 2. Um, and we will see whether other people like contact HQ and say, hey, we want to set up this thing as an earth cache type. Um, at the same time, we developed guidelines for the for um, a program that earth cache, um, uh, it, it was a program called earth cache masters and it was based on go visit yeah. three earth caches because you there's no container, we will send you a pin and a badge. <laughs> oh, look, right? Jesse, there's, there's, there's the coin right there. There's a coin, right? So well, yeah. way before the coins, um, we yeah. said we said pins, and I've got a box of pins sitting on my floor somewhere, <clears throat> and and a sticker. So my poor wife sat down and stuffed these things in envelopes, and we mailed them out to people. The first year, we thought if we had five hundred 
<laughs> new caches in the first 12 months, we would be over the moon and we got 1,500. And every one of those Ooh. they yeah. submitted came to me. That's incredible. And then we read them and said, yay or nay, or let's change this. Yeah, have you got permission? So I was the only reviewer of those. And um, anyway, that's that's how, it got, that's how it got started. <laughs> you were slightly busy to begin with there, Gary. Yeah. That's incredible. I uh, think I was the only reviewer until we got over 10,000 submissions. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, somebody asked about the uh, – Scott asked about the the EarthCache 1. Yes, it, it's still active. And you were saying before the show that mm -hmm. that's still – Still to this day, such a great well, it's yeah, Earth it's not gonna change. It's still a great location to go to. Absolutely. You know, it's on a it's on a headland um with the most amazing views to oh, start wow. with, which is always nice. Oh, yeah. Um it, it is on it is on rocks that are Permian in age, which probably means nothing to most people, but it was during a humongous glaciation on Earth. So there's all this evidence for glaciation there. There's the drop stones. Um, there's all these amazing fossils. And wow. the earth cache takes you. There, there's a, um, a molten rock had come up and, and it intruded all this so they can find the, the remnants of that. So there's multiple things to see at this one side. Um, within, and we're talking within, within 50 yards. Wow. You see mm. all these different things. That's incredible. So it's a magic place to start with. Yeah. Which made it a magic earth cache. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to mention a few uh, tonight that, um, um, you know, that's, that is, uh, th that's kind of things we're going to talk about some of those tonight. But uh, so um, now uh, just to let people know um, kind of where, where you're at, you, you're, you've kind of, passed the buck on and passed the buck passed the, the right. mantle you passed yeah. the mantle on to the the geo aware community that you've set up and you're no longer part of the 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 gsa correct right so um gosh about five years ago i moved on from gsa and at the same time had an agreement with hq that you know what i'm not going to review um, <laughs> anymore i am i am going to sit back and be like old man of the earth caches you know like you people ask questions you know like they do and and um but i'm still very much a champion for oh, earth yeah. caches. but when it comes to changes to guidelines since i left um and i'm sure there's been some um you know like i am not I'm not involved in that process, nor am I involved in any of the reviewing process other than keeping in contact with sure. with a handful of the reviewers who, who we be obviously became close friends with. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because people go and find GeoAware. They find my account and say, oh, my God, this guy's, this guy's got like 50 finds or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it looks like I've had 50 finds. But when you've read 10,000 submissions, you got a pretty good idea what a good earth cache looks like. You don't have to go and see every single one of them. And like most reviewers, I have a, I have a caching name completely different when we go caching. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you keep them, yeah, keep them separate. But, yeah, yeah. you know – um, still, uh, which, you know, which is great. You're still involved in, in a couple of different things that I think are cool. Um, so before we kind of get into some of the, 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 the caches, 
I want to talk for a moment about a couple of things that uh, I want people to be aware of. One is uh, the Geo Etsy website. Um, tell people a little bit about um, how that um, you know website sort of the what all how that came about and and uh, I'm going to bring it up so you people can see it because there's a lot of cool um, resources that are on that page. So, um, so I started a website, um, gosh, I guess I'm going to say five years ago. So like when I left the geological society, I sort of started this website up. Um, it is, uh, it is geo, et cetera. So it's geoscience right. education, outreach, and a whole pile of other stuff. That's what the et cetera is. <laughs> there you go. Um, so geo, et cetera.com. And yep. what we, what I've got on the site is a whole pile of stuff for school teachers, yes. but we also run um, adventures um, to take people to show them sites uh, of where you'll learn stuff about geology all around the world. We, we, we run two or three, sometimes four trips a year to different places. We normally run a trip to Hawaii once or twice every year. Um, I become yeah. a, I become like a volcanologist, I guess, in my <laughs> in my uh, interest. Um, that is awesome. We yeah, we go to Italy, we go to Australia, we go to Iceland, we go to Germany. You know, like like we 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 go and take people to show them things of geologic interest. Most of the trips are are made for teachers, but just every now and then, every like four or five years, we run a trip specifically for geocaches. Oh, neat. so in January 2022, yeah, um, there is a trip for geocaches to the big island of Hawaii where we will be going and visiting some iconic earth caches, but a whole pile of other caches, including including some webcam caches, and, like, they're almost a rarity nowadays, a webcam cache. Oh, I know. Uh, there's, mm -hmm. two, there's two active webcam caches that we go visit, um, and we spend a week, and we have a pile of fun, and my side of the coin is we, uh, we know where all the top places are, not only for geocaching, but places that the tourists never get to. Yes. Um, um, we visit iconic caches. That's awesome. You know, we go and get a pile. You know, you'll get a pile of cache finds while you're there, but you get to spend a fun week with a whole pile of geocaches from around the world. And we look after your accommodation, all your breakfast, most of your dinners. We go to supermarkets so people can buy their lunchtime stuff. Sure. We pick you up at the airport. We drive you to everywhere. We drop you at the airport at the end. So you're not having to worry about any of that. Um, and like, really, these are not expensive trips because we're not making money out of it. We're just covering the costs for people. Um, that's our our goal. Now, that is are, these, are these open to anybody that has an interest in this material or does it have to be a geology well, educator? or? Um, they're open. Um, our trips are always open to anybody. Um, some of the trips are specifically designed for educators. So people just need to know that we're going to sit and talk education stuff. But most of the time, that means that the level of geology is perfect for somebody who's an enthusiastic person who likes, wants to learn about the earth. You're going to pick it up. But sometimes they, people sit around over a beer at night and complain about what four purple is like on a Friday afternoon on a windy <laughs> day. You know, like that's just the way it is. But we normally have 
on a on any of our trips, we normally have one or two people who are not educators at all. Right. The geocaching trip totally open to geocaches. Right. From anywhere. Yes. So. No, that that is awesome. You know, that's that is cool. We 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 talked uh, you know briefly uh, before the show about you know the the fact that those trips are not designed to be power trail type stuff. I mean, that is not the point. Um, that is for something else. This is, this is incredible. Uh, and I'm so glad you you do these because um, that is something that even, well, Susan, and I've been to, uh, been to Hawaii several times, but you know, to be able to have somebody along who could show you, because there, t- there, there were many times we were, we were seeing things where like, this is cool. I don't really, I mean, I could. It'd it be nice looks to know neat, more but what is it? it, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it'd be nice to know more about it. Uh, and so it's nice to have a trips like that because, um, you know, like you said, you, you're able to, to turn to somebody who like yourself and go, now what happened here? Cause I'm not, uh, I'm not understanding at all why, especially on the big Island, there's so much variation, right. uh, you know, and, and that that's the cool part is that, you know, we've got, you got an active volcano here, but yet if I drive a little further South, I've got some sort of strange lava formations here, but I drive a little bit further and it looks completely different. Right. And, and that's, and you know, like these are uh, the, the trip, the, this geocaching trip and the, geocaching trip that we run to iceland which won't happen for another couple of years um you know they not only are you going in caching and visiting caches of every type that we can find but we're there to sort of explain what you're looking at so as you drive along say oh my gosh okay i i i can see i can see that's an active volcano you know yeah um and and in hawaii like um oh my gosh every time i go it's different yeah, that's how active these volcanoes are. Um, so it's you know we've seen changes started in December. We have a lava lake now. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. You can get a cache and see a lava lake. Well, like, and that's just amazing. When that first when that first sort of occurred, uh, Susan and I we, we pulled up the pictures and we looked at each other. And we go, we used to walk right there. We walked right. through that area. We got Absolutely. pictures of us walk, walking the the down in that the the basin of that, and now yep. it's solid molten lava. I mean, that yep. it shows you that there's things in this world that are still not, you know. It, it, and I'm always fascinated by seeing things that have been around for a long time and will still be around. But this is active. This is sort of active geology occurring, yep. and it's fascinating. Well, the world's always so we, still changing. Yeah. So. Right. So it's cool because we go, there are five volcanoes on the big island and three of them are active. Yeah. Um, and we go and we geocache on every single one of those volcanoes. Oh, wow. So like that, that in, in itself is cool. Um, we'll see. We'll see lava lakes. We'll walk across a frozen lava lake. Um, there is, there is so the much. Day? Seriously? Oh, yeah, right. On, <laughs> well, it probably looks like that sometimes, but... Uh, right. If people know what a real heart looks like, then, then <laughs> you can almost pick any shape and any angle and you find a heart. You probably see a heart, true. yeah. But, um, you know, it's a, it, it really is 
Yeah. Hawaii is an amazing, yeah, an amazing incredible. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and that's still, that, that trip is still open. So yep, just it is. Know. right. Um, you know, um, you can, you can register online as of today. Um, yeah, as of today. You can register online. Now we understand, um, what's happening in the world with the pandemic and a yeah. lot of people are saying, Oh my gosh, you know, like mm. if I pay my money, um, if I pay a deposit now, you know, if the trip gets canceled because of the pandemic, can I get my money back? And the answer to that is absolutely you can. Sure. Um, because, you know, like I said, we're not, um, you know, we understand it. We are not going to do or run any trip that is unsafe for anybody for any reason. Right. Um, sure, we're going active volcanoes, but at the same time, like you're going with someone who knows what they're doing. Um, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, like sign up, don't miss out. We take, we take, I think the maximum number for that, uh, for the geocaching trip is yep. 16. 16 okay. people tops. Wow. Yeah. So. That's a manageable number, though. That's That seems to make sense. Yeah. You can move around and any more than that, and it, you're going to start getting lost in the crowd. Well, well, the, the big thing is a lot of the places that we want to take people, you can't go there if you have like a 50-seater bus. Yeah. Um, so if you know if you want to go to Hawaii and do the all the touristy stuff, great. Go and pay your money and get on a fifty seater bus. Um, we go and visit those places, but we we go to places that that normal tourists never go to, and that's what makes the trip spectacular. When you're, when you're on the trips, not the geocaching ones that you do every five years or so, but the regular yep. ones with the geology educators, how often are they aware of earth caching? That, that earth caching is out there as well. Um, I take him to a, I take him to a geocache or an earth cache every single trip in Hawaii. Oh, nice. So we go to Olivine. So Olivine is a, is a, oh, one of the, yeah. one of the older earth caches. Um, it is a great, it is the famous green sand beach. Yeah. Um, and we go there and we explain what geocaching is for those people who've never done it. And when they're there, they can log it and log the, um, log a, an earth cache um, they can log a traditional cache when we go to South Point. Oh my gosh! Um, and most people, yep. most educators who have never ever been or heard of geocaching before, they get ex look, it's me, it's Gary. Oh, they get ex they get exposed <laughs> to it whether they like it or not, <laughs> um, which is sort of yeah. you know it, you, it's part of the program, right? The yeah, it seems like if you're a geology teacher or a geologist in general, and all of a sudden somebody tells you about a game based on your career and interest that's been going on for 20 years, you're going to be kind of shocked. Right. Most people haven't heard about it. And here's the amazing thing I think is that they go home and they get in, they, they bring up the geocaching app or they bring up the map and they see how many caches there are close to their home in places that they've never been. Yeah, absolutely. That's you funny. Know, the, that olivine uh, uh, place is, is fascinating because it's not a place that most people, I, I don't think that most uh, tourists don't really know about that beach because it's not really on any kind of typical touristy type of location. Mm -hmm. You know, it's listed in some of the guidebooks. Some of the books, people, right. And people get there and they say, um, okay, so we have to, uh, you've got to hike out. It's, um, it's like two miles. 
Yeah, uh, and it's not a bad and it's not a bad hike, but the ge the geology on the way is sort of fascinating. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but people hike out there, and then they you you find this green sand beach and you, which is in an eroded um, cinder cone, so it's like this cone. Uh, it's uh, it's very spectacular. Um, and then it's hot and bothersome and hike back, but we pay one of the locals and we'll get in the back of his pickup truck. And <laughs> so we hike out and swim and then you got your wet swimmers on and there's nothing there. There's no bathrooms. There's no change rooms or anything. Um, and then a local brings us back, um, which just sort of super makes it super nice. But people sort of say, like, you know, how green is the green sand? I don't know whether you can see, see this picture. Oh, it doesn't come across as very green. But, no. Um, okay. Yeah, but uh, the green sand is really, really amazing stuff. Oh, the algae, um, yeah. Or and of course, most people. Well, <clears> I say that it, it fairly common, but I mean, most many people have not even seen a, a, a black sand beach. Right, and we you visit know, one of those as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. Hey, here I am at a black sand beach. Well, right. here's, a, here's a blast from the past, Jesse. Uh, uh oh. Yeah, I know. It's young sure. Gary. Young Gary is kind of a shock for most people to see, but <laughs> so there I am, no beard. So black sand beach, mm -hmm. but fascinating. And then uh, some great shots of there. But anyway, I was going to show you one other one real quick. Here's Susan. Um, is uh, now I can't find it. So, <laughs> you know, here we are at the South Point, and then I'll show the last one real quick, and I'll stop showing home movies. But yeah, <laughs> um, so I show this to people, are like, What are you doing? It's like, Hey, I'm at the southernmost part of Hawaii, that's what I've tried to point out. So, need a little more context for the picture, maybe. Yeah, we're actually the most southern point of the entire United States. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's sort of cool to visit a cache there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Scott asking about. Olivine is the yeah. So there's a mineral called olivine. So, all right, here's the geology lesson, whether you like it or not. Right? <laughs> oh no, that's what we're into. We love it. Right. On, so, so um, <laughs> the the Earth is made up of different layers. The very top layer that we all live on is is the crust. Yeah. Below the crust, the ne the the top of the next layer that we call the mantle is made up of of um, a rock type called peridotite, which is basically um, uh, olivine, the mineral olivine, which is a green mineral. Um, I don't have a big chunk. I've probably got some small, small olivine somewhere that I can right. show. But, but you know, the, everyone knows what if you say the word olivine, everybody understands what that color is. It's a mineral of that color, right? And what happens in Hawaii is the volcanoes that form Hawaii are actually forming the lava. The, the molten rock is forming at that boundary between the crust and the mantle. So occasionally oh, yeah. when the molten rock gets brought up, it brings up pieces of the olivine. And there oh, is right. right at that beach, there is a lava flow that is very, very old lava flow um, for Hawaii standards that has sure. got great chunks of olivine in it and that olivine is weathering out of the lava and it happens to be forming on this beach right. so, <laughs> so, cool. so um so it's just like in one place it's it's um it's really very very cool and then we 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 go there for lunch and then for dinner we eat dinner on a black sand beach 
Oh, nice. cool. Yes. So, <laughs> so in the one day you see green sand and black sand. Black the sand yeah. Oh, it's so, so great. So, it, well, there's it, so many things. I mean, Hawaii obviously is, is oh, yeah. kind of ridiculous, but there's so many places like that all over the world that you really may not ever encounter unless you're really, unless you know where to go. Yeah. Right. Um, Very true. So uh, I want, we want to talk a little bit about a couple things tonight. One is we want to bring up a couple earth caches that Jesse and I have either been to or want to point out. And we want to get your opinion on sort of, you know, is this something that others could probably do? We'll get into the, maybe a lot of the minutia, um, but we'll talk a little bit about developing a proper earth cache page. Uh, without yep. getting into the extreme details, sure. I want to talk a little bit about that because Jesse's been highly active. How many? How many up are you up to now, Jesse? You want to talk about how many? Uh, do you earth yeah. Cache? So, well, people in the chat room are laughing because I don't go earth caching very often, <laughs> and I, I've always kind of joked about it. Um, I, I haven't found that many over the years compared to everything else, but I, and I definitely probably published more last year than I found. What without a doubt, probably yeah, yeah, five to one at least. But I yeah. published about forty three of them so far, and I got about another twelve in the in the queue. But uh, it, kind of my answer to that is, uh, and I've learned along the way. Started off terrible and built more, just like everything we do in caching. But even though they're not my favorite cache type to find, because I like to, although I do like hiking and do like going to the locations they usually are, the thrill of finding the actual object for me is the number one. And it's cool, but um, but so many people do like them. And I would rather have a well-developed one out there than yes. just another signpost LP, you know, version of the LBC. So I do publish a lot more, even though I don't really go find them. I will probably have by the end of this year published more than I've found, but which is kind of a weird thing in earth caching, but you got to contribute somehow, right? That's where I can contribute. So I do. Yeah. And there are, uh, th th there's some fascinating ones and we want to talk about a couple of those and then, We'll kind of get into maybe what people should think about or do in mm -hmm. the future because we want to have great earth cache earth caches because we've yeah. all we're all uh, in a hopefully you said too Gary that hopefully um, the GeoAware community will sort of push back on a couple different things. I know you talked about too during CashCon that um, we don't need to do another X. Another, right. another waterfall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't another need glacial erratic. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's parts of the world where yeah. there's plenty of those now, but you also ni nicely point out though, that if there's something that is real, real common, say in Minnesota and you're, we like, we don't need any more of those. Maybe though, it may be fairly rare, say in Texas. So there's the possibility that we're not duplicating. Right. Okay. And, and in fairness, as we go through and talk about it, you, you don't have to have Gary's level of knowledge and this Gary, yeah. I'm talking about GeoWare Gary's level of knowledge that guy. to that's put that's these things guy. out. And in, in fact, <laughs> you know, nobody expects people to have your level of knowledge when finding or hiding these things. That's exactly. not necessarily part of it. Exactly right. Yeah, you do not. Um, you know, and and I would suggest that um, 
if you really want to set up an earth cache and you find a place that you think is cool, go like there, there are some fantastic resources you can go and find out about the geology that you're looking at your your state or province or territory geological survey normally you've got great stuff on their websites for free a lot of them have got field guides and road guides there are books called the roadside guides geology of every single state in the u.s i believe they're in the canadian provinces as well mm -hmm. some of the states in australia for example also have got some of those roadside guides um, oh, cool. um so so you know you can get those guides that will take and will tell you what you're what you're looking at right mm -hmm. um, and then it's a matter of turning around and following the guidelines for setting up an earth cache and you need no more knowledge than that and in some cases you don't even need that knowledge sometimes right. it's a matter of you know you go and find something and you know it's super cool you can still create an earth cache there without really getting deep deep into the geology sure earth caches that are written by people with PhDs in geology, in my experience, right. terrible earth caches. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're not, you know, you got to, I, I, I follow the grandma rule, right? If grandma can understand it, right? my grandma, who, <laughs> my grandma, my grandmas don't exist anymore, but if my grandma could have understood it, then I consider it would be great as an earth cache. Yeah. Or if you like, if my 10-year-old would be able to read it and get a bit of an idea of what we're doing, then fantastic. But if you think, oh, you know, like people get get too too in depth, oh yeah. You, you've lost the you've lost the point. The point yeah. is to get people who know nothing about geology to appreciate what's there. Oh, absolutely. It's not, it's not to give someone a degree. It's yeah. not it's not a research project, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the ones that I know and, and, and Jesse and I will, will, I think, point out a couple that I think are, are really well done. And the ones that we really have trouble with, like you said, Gary, are the ones where I don't need to have, uh, like you said, a dissertation or you're going to want me to create or want me to give you eight answers to eight questions about Right. Stuff that happened that, you know, you really, it's like adv advanced geology. That's. Yeah. There, know, there are some out there that get a little tricky and way, a little complicated and way but, too much. And I guess just like geocaching, there should be a range for everybody, right? You know, people yeah, with like, different levels of things, but yeah. if they were all, you know, and although it's funny, Gary, you mentioned uh research project, it doesn't need to be a research project. That is actually where I found some of my inspiration. I go to like, but you well, know, true. older their their <laughs> geology departments and people have done and published papers explaining local geology to people, and that's a great resource for finding out what you have in front of you because they they generally want to get that information, but they're writing it with the intention of people being able to understand it. So but you know, like, like the logging, that you have to do a logging task, and mm -hmm, lots of yeah. people get tripped up with this concept that I need to right. do a logging task, and the logging task has got to be educationally based and based about what people are learning on the site. Right. So it can't be how many steps have you climbed, or oh, yeah, how no. many runs on the ladder, or how many posts on in the in the chair. Like yeah. they're, they're not related to what you're looking at. No, no, no. But but you don't need <laughs> you don't need nine tasks. You need right. one. One good task, yeah. What is what you need? So one here's good a task. 
there's such a balance there. Go ahead. Yep. What's so Scott brought there? up a good question. I'm glad you said that about the logging task, but then this isn't about logging tasks necessarily, but you, I think you touched on it on CashCon. Um, so it has to be about geology. So, right. you know, and it can be related to other things like waterfalls and vegetation. If it's about how the geology affects that, not right. the reverse, right? Right. Like earth caches is, is there, there's boundaries that have been drawn around and they were drawn around by HQ. Sure. That it has to be geology, earth science related. So we don't have – there aren't history caches and they're not archaeology caches and they're not biological caches. Right. And to be honest with you, if there's some group out there who wants to do it, man, go down the same pathway we did. Yeah. Um, um, if you can convince HQ that yeah. you've got a good case and that the, you're not putting the burden on them because that you know that's part of the deal here. That's like true. HQ wasn't being burdened by like. Gary was doing all the reviewing and the new, the reviewers weren't being burdened by. Yeah. Um, so, so I really, I, I sort of understand um, what, what, what Scott was Scott. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Scott. But you know, if it falls outside of those guidelines, the reviewers cannot approve it. Right. And the, the kind of the interesting thing about earth caches as opposed to, oh, we lost him there for a second. Oh, he's okay. He's in audio. Okay. Something that's, interesting about earth caches as opposed to the rest of the geocache types is there's, I would say more information about what you can and can't publish than there are any of the other types, right? They have the exact, they have a list of accepted sciences. They have stuff that's not accepted and rarely in any other caches, cache type out there. Do they have that much information about one cache type? I think, I think the guidelines are clear. Yeah. And I think the guidelines are not difficult to follow. Um, and people need to realize that the, the, there's, there's always going to be local flexibility with the guidelines based on who your local geo-aware is. Um, like like Gary was saying earlier, you know, like what is really, really common in Minnesota that you don't want to, you know, like the last thing you want is another glacial erratic. Right. If somebody creates one of those down in Texas where it's really, really <laughs> unusual, then your local, your local person's going to know that. And that's yeah. why we have mm -hmm. the local the local people. I, I think too, one of the things that people, I, I, and this is something I'm, I was, I was guilty of early on when I tried to create, because I, I, I tried to create a, a couple of earth caches and, and got rejected. And I think that one thing I didn't do correctly, which was I could have, I should have opened up more of a dialogue with whoever was with GeoWare one or whoever was, whoever, whoever it right. happened to be, and just kind of uh, in uh, later on, I tried another one that was rejected, and I did more of a dialogue of, um, it, you know, because they're they're wanting to publish earthquake earth caches. That's obvious, yeah. but yeah. they were needing me to come back and say, okay, where where did I go wrong, or what is it about, you know, and you know, a, a, a proper discussion, not a, you know, you know, shake your fist at the reviewer kind of thing, but have an honest dialogue with them. Take the time to go, okay, is because the, I'm, I'm sure the reviewer will come back and go, well, I appreciate, you know, you asking, we really are not allowed to, to do, you know, another, because one of the things that I, 
uh, tried to do was the geology because there's not a lot of geology in Greenville. There probably is, but I'm I, I've been able to publish a couple. Jesse helped me. We've we've been able to be able to get a couple done. But I tried to do the courthouse. The courthouse is is built with a particular type of stone, and so I tried to use that. And then uh, because there's a uh, courthouse in another part of Texas. That is an earth cache, but that's an old, it's a very old, old earth cache. So, um, you know, once they explain that, you know, that's something that's probably no longer allowed in the, you know, in the guidelines for that um, is, you know, once I understood that, it's like, okay, I can, I can work from that. I think people just need to take the time to find out why they did not get their earth cache. Right. And and as some people have said in the comments, you know, you, you, you go backwards and forwards yeah. with with an earth cache reviewer way, way more than you would ever go backwards and forwards with a with a with a reviewer for a traditional. Sure. Oh yeah. Um sure. and and that's fine. And once you get into the swing of the process, then you'll find you'll get earth caches reviewed quickly and and with less problems. But I gotta tell you, the the, the two big problems. In reviewing earth caches, number one, permissions, where people turn around and say, well, it's in a it's in a local park. I don't need to get permission. Sorry, you need permission. <laughs> oh, but it's in a national park and anyone can go there. Um, or the, the one I love, I pay my taxes for that national park, so I should be able to put a cache in there. <laughs> yeah, but you don't understand that obscurity problem. Yes. So you need to get permission. And the harder you push back, then a reviewer might turn around and say, you know what we want? Um, tell me the name of the person you've spoken to and yeah. we will call them. Right. Right? Yeah. So, like, we're serious. We're, we're dead serious about that. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is people logging tasks and doing bizarre things with logging tasks, either not related to the site at all. Right. How many how many stairs did you walk up? It's just not right. related to what you're looking at. Right. Or really bizarre things like must include a photograph of yourself wearing a bikini, you know, like like yeah. It not happens. <laughs> Jesse. I look I look great in a bikini. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. No. Wow. The, but, uh, um, but you know, like you like if yeah. you're not you're not allowed to have yeah. a photograph. You can't you can't insist on a photograph. Yeah. Is the bottom line. Um, so, you know, they recently they, changed they, that though. They, they've gone back and forth on those rules. So they, they're starting to allow those again, which right, is good. But, but, but a photograph, you know, if you go to, a, 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 if you put an earth cache in and you say the logging task is to take a photograph. Right. Of oh what yeah. You see, it yeah. will not get passed. Not allowed. No, right? no, absolutely not. So, so you can't, you know, there can't be good, you know, a logging and people really struggle with logging tasks, but I say, well, what are people looking at and what do you want them to learn? And your mm -hmm. logging task should be to ask them a question that shows you that they've yeah. learned what they're looking at. Yeah. Like, it's not hard. No. It really isn't. It really isn't hard. But I think so. that's one of the good things they have done. They have stayed up on the rules. So, you know, like we, we had this discussion that they had, you could take a picture and then you couldn't take a picture. And what when the way they added it back in recently, I think is a good thing. And, and you alluded to this a second ago, but they say, uh, the photograph is not a, it's it's not a substitution for good questions for logging right. tasks. Exactly. You can do it, and they and I like what they also did because we live in a different world than twenty years ago, right? They yep. said you can also use a proxy, 
So if you don't want to have your face on there for some reason because of a yeah, job right. or whatever else, you, don't want it right. you can put your GPS in there or something else. So right. there's some people that, you know, don't want to have their picture on the internet and everybody has their own oh. stuff, which is cool, but you can still have a photo with right. something like your caching name in it or whatever. So they've opened it up where you can still have the photos, but it's not going to bog people down. I think that's right. They've kept that updated with the times, which is really good because it keeps the cache type healthy. Take so that's right. yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. And I, I just want to, I just want to jump in here about uh, about as a cache owner, and I own a pile of caches of various types, including Earth Cache One. I'll tell you the one thing that bugs me as a cache owner are the people who log years later. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, is, it just, is it just me when someone mm. says, oh, we visited Earth Cache 1 in 2018 and I was there on holidays? And I said, well, yeah. well I, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I struggle with that <laughs> when you've got to do, well, you have to do a logging task. And that's a logging task you yeah. should do while you're there and, and send <laughs> it in. Now, do you have to? Um, does the cash owner have to reply to you about the logging task? And the answer to that is no. Okay. If you send the cash owner the answer to the logging task, you log, right? Yeah. So you're not having to wait for you're a cash to owner to, to yeah. respond. Right. You know? So people say, well, I've got to do a logging task. Like, like, but please do it and do it. Sure, I understand you might be on the road, but there is internet everywhere now, and there's absolutely no reason why you can't log within a couple of days when you've visited when you yeah. visit uh, um, caches, any right. type of caches, but Earth caches in particular. Well, so. it's funny because I made the mistake one time of publishing caches because I was part of a mega event. In fact, yeah. it was uh, Geo Woodstock. So <laughs> part of my thing was to publish Earth publish an Earth cache. And then one yep. cache of each type so people could find them while they're at the mega. And that was yep. in 2016. I still get logs on them. Like, right. hey, I was caching with my dad then, or <laughs> oh, I'm just now catch. And I'm like, oh my God, seriously, like six years later? Right. <laughs> I know. What am I going to do? Go and check the 8,000 signatures on a log somewhere that doesn't right. even exist anymore? You know, I'm just like, okay, well, whatever, man. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, and now we're just having the regulation gripe. It's not necessarily about earth caches. I hate the people who say, I came here with 19 other people um, <laughs> and one person sent the answer in, so I'm right. One person. And my right. response to that is, no, you tell me what the answer is. Like, I'm not trying to be not trying to be a right. dick, right? Yeah, but, exactly. but it's like, it's like I, I'm as a cash owner, I put the effort in and I'd like, people not to try to get around the issue of they've got to do a logging task. Yeah. yeah. You know, do I delete lots of, do I delete lots of logs? No, but just occasionally when I get a run of things like that. And, and the funny thing is when I get the one person do like three or four of my earth caches, yeah. Um, like within a day, you know, it's like, like uh, yeah. Yeah. How do they, yeah. <laughs> you know, middle or something. I don't traveling? know. Across you know, nobody wants to be the cash police, though, right? And go behind no. and delete logs and stuff like that. But right. oddly enough, I, I seem to communicate more with people that send in answers on my earth caches than any other caches that I have out there. Yeah, so because right. you generally communicate some, you know, and and I actually have had two people DNF earth caches of mine. DNF seems like wow. it's possible, but right, which is sort of strange. It is well, strange to see. Although I, I have to tell you. Yeah. 
the photograph behind me is of the three sisters, which is a famous yeah. site in 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 the Blue Mountains outside of Sydney. Yeah. And I have taken my wife there and she did, and we stood exactly where this photograph was taken. Right. And she could post a did not find because all you, it was it was a complete whiteout. It was oh, just yeah. fog. Oh, wow. So yeah. she could say that she's been there and did not find the earth cache, right? Yeah, that's so, true. That's, yeah. One of mine was like that too. It does the, uh, the, the funny thing is one of mine was like that and the other one was the guy said he just couldn't figure it out. Um, sure. Now, in well, fairness, though, so if, if somebody does that, they went there and they tried. I emailed back and forth with that person for a couple of times. I was like, whoa, hold on. Don't give up this quick. Tell, tell me what right. you did see. And we talked about right. it. Was exactly. like, like, you just got all the answers. That's all right. You, you got the cash. You actually you know, right. took a picture and everything else. It's like, go back and change your DNF. You found the cash. You do know the answers. Because uh, right. I just I don't want anybody to have the DNF. Now, the whiteout one's different, right? If there's a snowstorm. Right. Yeah, sure. I get that. That's just somebody being. But I wouldn't even. Honest. But why even put a did not find? You know, right? Like, that's it's, true. It's the reason why you didn't find it, right? Yeah. You wouldn't have found yeah. anything that day. Now, now, yeah, who is that honest? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, I want to uh, again. We'll, we'll point out a couple just because I, I want to yeah. get see what your thoughts are. Uh, my wife loves Earth caches, so uh, I told her I had to had to point out one. Uh, and if people want to play along at home. Um, the one I want to mention uh, tonight is GC1A36F. So it's one Altoid 36 Fizzy, although we'll talk about Fizzy and all that here in a moment. But yeah. it's called Illinois Low Point. I'll bring it up real quick just so I, I, I think this is – Maybe a good one. I I, I want to see what your thoughts are, Gary. On uh, has 116 yeah. favorite points. Um, Illinois low point. Uh, we found that we were on our way to Gigastock. Um, sorry, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> Illinois. What's fascinating about this is this picture right here. Um, and that is that these two, you know, points of the world are coming together again. This is kind of different in in a in a sense and i want to see what your thoughts are on this but um it gets into the geology here in a minute but the i think it's interesting these two rivers it's the ohio river and the mississippi mississippi river come together and when you're there it's obviously much more dramatic any kind of earth cache you need to be there because you that's the point really is to be there uh this one um has a great write up of, of different things, but I think it's interesting. The, um, the part about the, you know, they, they're it's a good example of what was really good then, but like the convergence, they don't really allow those anymore, but so many people right. went out and copied it. It's a very right. old one. Uh, it is, uh, what was this one? 2008. 08. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a different type than like you said that you see today. Um, so doesn't really have some of the things that probably would be, um, part of, uh, earth cash today, probably. You know, that, that they don't really allow those anymore. Do they Gary? Yeah. My guess is this would be, this would struggle to get published today. Right. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, but, but you know, um, 
Yeah. It, it's sort of it's sort of like a, it's sort of like the waterfalls one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me do, let me just explain w- what I mean by that, um, because I say it and then think, well, everybody knows what I'm talking about. So yeah. so the the waterfalls one, what people do is that there was a simple classification of waterfalls. Is it a single drop? Is it a multiple drop? Is it a cascade? Like, and you can you go to Google and you t- types of waterfall, and there's this like classification. And what right. people were doing, they'll go in every waterfall. And they were turning around and saying, well, your logging task is, here's a diagram, your logging task is pick pick one of these. Yeah. Which yeah. one Which one is it? Well, you only need one person to take a photograph and put it in the thing and, <laughs> and, right. and, and, right. and people will do it. And it's not, you know, it, it was okay once or twice, but it's, but it's not okay to have 15 that you can drive to in a day like that. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So, so we turned around and said, okay, no to these like you can still do a cache at a waterfall but what you do with that cache your logging task can't be classification can't just be a cut and paste from somebody else's gotcha and and so people have a tendency to want to do that they go to a cat they go to an earth cache and say this is great i could do this one when i'm back home and they sort of just are cutting and pasting the same information across sure and you, you can do it to a point, but then you, if it just becomes like a rubber stamp, here's an earth cache rubber stamp, here's another one rubber stamp, rubber stamp, rubber stamp, then then they will not get approved. Sure. You know, that's – and I, I'm, I'll fully admit that's where I started learning how to do them is seeing other ones and of copying course. it and trying. And, sure. you know, I will say I've right. advanced a little bit since then, but, you know, it's uh, that's, that's probably how we learn all of our caching. You know, we go and copy somebody else's what we see and – but then hopefully we yep. we learn and improve upon that as we go. Right. You know the other the other one is glacial erratics. Uh, if you live in the northern states in the in the United States no. and up into Canada, there's glacial erratics everywhere. I, I every rock on my twelve acres here in Maine is a glacial erratic. Right. <laughs> and so we said to people, well, you can't just. And what they would do is people would say, okay, right, the logging task is to work out how much it would weigh. And you know, here's 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 the formula. It would. Right? Oh gosh, now you're doing math. Right now you're doing math, but, but it's fairly simple. You know, what's its yeah. length, what's its width, sure. and time to buy this number. So so after a while, we said, well, there, you know, that, that there's just too many of those. Yeah. Now there is an occasional one that comes along that we would say, oh my gosh, we're going to publish this, like Madison Boulder in New Hampshire, the largest glacial erratic in North America. Oh wow! Um, that is cool. And the Canadians will also no, it's not. No, it's not. But you know, um, it's humongous. <laughs> it, 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 it's huge. So yeah, that makes that that makes sense. But you don't need to work it, calculate its weight. You know, like that, that yeah. isn't the logging task. Give us some other logging requirement. Right. Yeah. But here's the, here's the really really interesting thing about glacial erratics, is that although we turn around and said we're not publishing anymore. If you go and do a search on glacial erratics in earth caches, you can actually map where they all are and you can draw a line where there's no more earth caches to the south because the glacial erratics aren't there because that's as far as the the ice sheet went. Kind of funny. It's funny. In a way, it's like crowdsourcing, uh, crowdsourcing a research project. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Now, taking going from that... As Gary's pulling that one up, I got a question to throw out to the audience because I just I always have to, you know, poke the bear. Could you imagine if a regular reviewer said, you know what, we can't publish this because there's already too many LPCs in the city? 
Oh no, Jesse be all over that. <laughs> There's or uh you know, hey, we already have a cash under a bush here. That's a medicine bottle. We already got that. We're not gonna publish any more of those. Come up with something new. This one it's also why Earth caches are cool. <laughs> there you go. See, I love there you it. Go. Set you up for that one too easy. Come on now. Wait, I thought Earth caching rocks. Oh, oh God. yeah, there you go. That sounds like something from the Geo podcast, right? So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we did. Well, well yeah, we I haven't mentioned that yet. So I had to get podcast, to that. Too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There's a taste of things to come. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the the geo the geo podcast well that in a minute but yeah well so tonight we're we're uh we're i heart earth caches since it's uh it is uh valentine's day if you're listening to this later uh we are pub, pub, uh, we are uh doing the show on uh february 14th and mm-hmm. uh i did want to point out somebody facebook user said uh I'm on a Valentine's date date night, but checking in, shh, don't tell my hubby. So <laughs> that's hysterical. Uh, we kind of busted the person. Sorry, but uh, Eternal Flame. The, this is interesting, I think, because it is kind of one of those things, uh, Gary, that are uh, why I love Earth Caches, and that is because they take you to fascinating places and this whole flame eternal flame thing that occurs because of um you know as it talks about here in, in the earth cache um there's a waterfall and then there's fire <laughs> because of um the location having um probably was it methane coming up out of the ground there yeah uh, Gary, i guess Natural oh, gas. Yeah, natural gas. Okay, that just regular natural gas coming up. So, um, which forms obviously, you know, we 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 hear about these kinds of situations, but it's just fascinating where it's located and why. You know, the fact that it's coming up in this lo- particular location with a waterfall over it makes it just a fascinating point of geology. Yeah, that's um, th- th- this is a beauty. Um, you know, it's a it's strange, um, but it's got a simple explanation. Um, you know, the the it is a place that most people would not even consider going to, um, but an Earth cache is taking them there, and and people are learning something about it. So, yeah. um, just just yeah. an interesting, you know, it really does you know, scream for there to be an earth cache. And of course the earth cache was created. Uh, let's see, what was the date on the, the, when this was, was done. I mean, it's got a, it's, it's got 700 favorite points. It was 07 was when it was made. All right. So, so who, who was the reviewer? Oh, who is the reviewer on this thing? Yeah. Let's, let's take a look. Uh, gosh, I don't know if I can get to the bottom of this page. There's an easier way to get to the bottom in there. Is it you? I'm sure you did it. Oh seven, right? Yeah, it must be getting close to still being me. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. There's probably thousands of logs on that thing. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get there that way. Uh, is there a quicker way to get to the bottom? 
Just Scott, you know, said, Scott said he's going to pull it up for us. Okay, great. While you're doing that. Um, so one of the things that uh, as we start to get to the end of the show here, one thing is do. Oh, it is. It is Gary. It is Joe. Well, Gary, well, there you go. Yeah, I got. I, I I had a memory of that, but I have a memory of a way too many of them, unfortunately. <laughs> it, is there other things that people should be? I mean, obviously, we. I, I think the the one of the main points I think tonight that was really really helpful. This is something that Jesse really helped helped me with doing. Some was, did you talk to the? You know, how, who'd you talk to? It's like, oh. I probably do need to talk to somebody, don't I? Uh, you know, there's, I, I have one in a local park and he goes, did you go talk to the local park guy? He goes, Oh, not yet, but I will. And so I, I was able to, fortunately I have a, you know, was able to, uh, I've talked to my parks and rec guy here locally before because I put traditional caches in the local yeah. parks and I wanted him to be aware of them. So it was a little bit easier, but again, no, no huge you know, problem. It's just that people just don't take the time to right. do things like that. It was easy, easy to do. I said, Hey, I'm putting an earth cash. I had to kind of explain what earth cash was, which is a great chance yeah. to be an earth cash evangelist <laughs> a little bit. But when I explained to him, you know, I'm putting it in this park. Uh, there's nothing, there's nothing physical there. People are going to be coming there and they are going to be doing some, you know, looking at and calculating and so forth. So, is that that's something we really want? Uh, well, obviously, we, we really need, and that is people need to take the time to do something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's without saturation, right. right? The best way to protect an area is not tell anybody about it. But uh, you, right? Yeah. So you know, one of the, I, I will I will say this: when we first started off, getting an Earth Cache published for inside a national park was almost impossible. So we were very deliberate about it, and we found a guy who was a cacher that was associated with uh, um, Acadia National Park here in Maine. I, I wasn't living in Maine at the time, right? Um, and he was uh, he was in uh, a national park law enforcement guy, but he was he was a geocacher. And he made a comment to me um, one day, uh, sent me an email saying, you know what, I, I've actually got, I'm using geocaching as a way to send people around to learn something else that, than, than what's on interpretive signs. Mm -hmm. So and what he had done was you, you go from sign to sign, but on the back of the sign, he'd put more information. So it was sort ah. of like a strange thing to do. But so we, we got a geologist to go and work with him and, they placed earth caches within the park and because he was law enforcement um, within the park, it made life easier. Then all of a sudden oh. we had a park that we could point to. Okay. So when somebody else said, and they said, well, I'm trying to speak to the park people. So tell the park people to speak to this guy at Acadia national park. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So now when you go to a national park, most of the national parks have heard of it. They know about earth caches and, and sort of the, the, the ice is already broken. Oh, mm -hmm. but here's the thing: lots of people say, "You know what? Place it first, get permission afterwards." Not with the no. national parks. No, 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 no. <laughs> talk to them. Absolutely, talk to them first. That is yeah. the way to do it. If you go about it the other way, chances are the national park will say no. And if you try to get something published, and and if you say yes, I've got permission, you, 
we ask for the name of the person and we contact them. Yeah, absolutely. Geo Aware's will contact them. Yes, yeah, exactly. When, I, when I'm yeah. doing an earth cache, when I'm submitting a new one, the, one of the first contacts, now it's usually two or three contacts each time I'm doing it because right. all the yeah. ones, all the geowares I've talked to have been super helpful because I'm not yeah. a geology expert. Uh, but get it published from the very first thing I, I start off with, you know, one of my reviewer notes is permission. Here's who I talked to. Here's their position at the park. And here's their phone number and email. And it's just so yeah. much easier to start off with that. And Every time I've contacted a park outside of one time where they said, we, you know, we don't want to draw people to this area. So let's don't right. do this one. But these other ones are great. We end up having a much longer conversation because I put my personal cell phone number when I'm contacting them. And the park yeah. people call back and go, first of all, thanks for not just throwing it out there and not asking us. And right. second, you said Earth Cash. That's a little different than Geocache. And then they, they want to have a conversation about it. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. that's my chance to go. I'll, I'll tell you everything I know about it. So yeah. they, they're always usually pretty interested in they like when people reach out and go, I just want to make sure this is not going to cause, you know, do they need, they always ask the same questions, which I'm, I'm sure we all know. Are people going to have to get off trail? Right. What would they have to do? Or they would take oh, anything yeah. in there. And yeah. I've had them even ask, and I like to put it on the cash page anyway, you do not get off the trail. You do not take anything from this location. Yep, right. Here's a link to the park rules. Here's all this stuff. And yep. they tend to like that because they can say yes or no. I want to bring attention to this area or I don't. So the right. conversation yeah. goes great. Yeah, you know, I, I really, in all of my dealings with the national parks, um, as a reviewer and as a person placing them, I have never had a problem hmm. because I, I'm up front with them and I explain what I'm doing. And you're absolutely right. Keep people on trails so people aren't bush bashing, as a, as, a, right. as a Australians would call it. They're not making new trails. Right. Let, ask permission so they know where you're going to be taking people. You won't have a problem. Yeah. And, and if you do have a problem, then don't be upset by it move on yeah you know absolutely yeah because um, if they say no it's no <laughs> there's no right. argument and, with and, it. and it's probably because they're trying to protect something exactly and yeah. they may not tell you that right so uh, so a couple of minutes left i do want to mention um you have a, an interesting uh podcast that's available uh on different podcast platforms geo podcasts yeah um uh, I think it's interesting too, because uh, especially we have a lot of educators who listen. Um, and so I wanted to point out, this is a, a very, very good resource for educators. Uh, one of the things that you pointed out, Gary, was the fact that these aren't long pot. When you think podcasts, at least with us, you think long podcasts, but these are nice. Yeah. 10 minute, nine minute, uh, right around the 10 minute mark for, yep. for these. Uh, but also great for, uh, for geocachers who want to know more about some particular uh, uh, you know, aspect of something before, because they may be wanting to do mm -hmm. proper logging requirements. And or so, just understanding them, understanding yeah. some of the earth gashes you find. There's great snippets in there that are directly related. Exactly. I mean, and that's the point, uh, you know, we, in, at least uh, as we start to wrap up my last takeaway for tonight that I wanted to mention just was that um, I want more people and I want to do it as well, but I want people to go to an earth cache and walk away from it more knowledgeable, 
more uh, educated, more entertained by the world we live in and be able to step away and go, I really, I really enjoyed going to that location. And I feel like that the, the process I went through was fun and educational. And I, and I didn't have to write a dissertation. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, Jesse, I guess some final thoughts from you and then we'll get Gary's uh, final thoughts on tonight. Well, I could ask Gary questions all night about earth caches because it's the, it's the caching, the part of caching I know the least about, right? Like I, the other ones I, I've learned a lot over the years. I'm just now getting caught up on earth caching. And I, I think that's where a lot of people are. A lot of people find way less earth caches than every other cache type, not just yeah. because there are less of them, but because there's this, there's this entry barrier for a lot of people. They think, I, I don't know anything about geology. I don't know how to answer the questions and, uh, or I can't publish them because, I'm not a geologist. And I, I think this and then CashCon and a few other uh, informational shows have been out there recently are kind of open people's eyes to it. It's obviously different than geocaching, but they are designed for everybody. You do not have to be an expert. You should be able to figure it out from where they are. And uh, it, if you don't do them because you don't like them, that's one thing. You know, you don't want to go to beautiful places or you want to you want to do power trails or, you know, you want to do all these other things. But if you don't do them because you're afraid of them, that that's not the message we want. We want people to know that it, it, they are for everybody, whether you like them or not, that's your thing. Some people only like to do gadget caches or whatever. That's, that's cool. Everybody has their choice, but we don't want anybody to not do them because they're afraid of doing them. Yeah. yeah so, point. yeah. So Gary, um, I guess for tonight and we'll, we'd love to, we'll come back sometime and hopefully we'll have you back on. We'll talk about some other, you know, uh, more maybe get into some more details on different things, but what are some final thoughts you'd like to give to people tonight? Well, you know, I invite everybody to come and check out the geo, com site. And in particular, the geocaching trip to Hawaii. Yep. Um, I am sure once everybody gets their shots in the arms here in North America, we are going to get booked out really, really quick. Cause I think that's what people are waiting for. And I got to tell you, normally we have a waiting list of, 20, 30 people. We have got 400 people on the waiting list for that oh, trip. Wow. When I say on the waiting list, they're on the email list. Yes. Um, and, and all of a sudden there's going to be a rush and I, I, I get people's hesitation now. But for Earth Caches, you know, the, our, our little um, tagline for Earth Caches is let the earth be your teacher. And um, that's what Earth Caching is all about. It's uh, there to teach you about the earth, whether you are creating an Earth Cache, you learn about it, as you're doing it or you're visiting an earth cache, we really want you to learn something that is cool about our planet. And that's why we set them up. And I'm absolutely delighted that they are going strong after all these years. So, that is awesome. And thank you for inviting me on. It was, it was, this is great fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we love it. So, all right, well, let me hit the button and we'll, we'll wrap up for tonight. If I can hit the right button, here we go. Folks, we hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. Please email us your comment at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, or Spotify, as well as at the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click that subscribe button below and ring that bell notification so that you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. And tell your friends about the show. Get them involved with us in the chat room. And until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Go geocaching. There we go. Good night, everybody. Good night.